Who's really to blame for the Wilds' goaltending problems so far this season? Would Kevin Fiala actually be traded by the Wilds? Plus, what makes Nico Sturm one of the underrated members of this Minnesota Wild team? We ask Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we're joined by Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast to try to figure out what exactly is going on with the goaltending position for the Minnesota Wild. We'll also talk about some of the recent rumblings surrounding Kevin Fiala and whether or not that is justified or if he has become kind of a, a an easy uh, player for the uh, coaching staff to point to when things go wrong. So we'll chat about all of that here on today's episode. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer, and happy to have along for today's episode, Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast. Brett, how are things going? Glad to have you back on. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Uh, things are going good. Um, closing out some projects at work uh, on time, so that's always exciting. Um, Three-day week, which is always really good too, so... Um, it's basically already Wednesday today, so I mean that's a that's a nice plus. So I'm I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. It's it's Thanksgiving week. Hard to believe we're already at that point in the year. And you know the Wild are coming off of a weekend in which they were competitive against the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, ultimately picking up just one point. And I had a friend ask me, which kind of spawns um, a poll that I threw out on Twitter yesterday. Um, in terms of what our level of concern is with uh, Cam Talbot and Capo and obviously it's a smaller sample size so far this year. And so obviously you have any sort of a bad night that's going to make the, the numbers look worse than they are. But, you know, it, it has been a situation at least so far this year from what I've seen that we haven't gotten that same crispness that we saw last year between Talbot and Capo. So I wanted to get your just assessment of, of where the goaltending is at so far for the Wild. Are you concerned, or, or at this point, is it still a little too early to tell as to uh, to what's going on between the pipes? Yeah, I don't know if concern's the word that I want to use. Um, I don't know if worried's any better, um, alarmed or whatever, but it, it just seems like, to me, it just feels like basically like one goal a night you're sitting there kind of going, ah, I feel like you should have had that one. Um, and I mean, obviously there's been some goals where it's like, well, yeah, you know, he's kind of hung out to dry on that one or yeah, you know, he makes that say 50% of the time. But something we brought up on the last episode of Sound the Foghorn was we really don't feel like either Capo or Cam Talbot have stepped in and stolen a game for the Wild yet. I mean, granted, that's because the Wild have outplayed a lot of teams this year and that helps. But we really don't feel like, you know, we, we were trying to kind of backtrack and think about, okay, what's like, a huge save that either Talbot or Kakinen made 
that like we felt like you know saved the game one in the game, and the only one we could really come up with was the overtime uh, save in the in the home opener against Winnipeg. But at that point, already given up five goals in the game, so it's like, well, yeah, that was a big save, but you know we just don't feel like he's stolen any games yet. And and Kacken, it just, it just seems to like for him, he and it happened in the preseason too. It just feels like it takes him a period to settle in. And when that happens, he's given up two, three goals in the first period. And then you're digging yourself out of a hole, which we saw with uh, Tampa Bay on Sunday night, you know, where he gives up, I think it was two or three goals in the first period and the whole game in the wild, but outplaying Tampa Bay. And if he makes again, one, you know, if he stops one of those pucks from going to the net, um, you know, that, that backhand from Maroon as nice of a shot. It was, I mean, from that angle on a backhand, you got to be able to save that one. Yeah, it's that's spot on. I mean, it just it feels like there have been I think there was one um, in Capo's start against uh, I believe it was Nashville where he had one put his glove up to try to save it and he just straight up missed it. And so I I think we're getting some of just that bad, uh, bad luck with uh, with some of the goals that have been given up. But I think another thing that has really hurt the team uh, in the goaltending department is, you know, the, the number of penalties the Wild have taken has led to so many power play opportunities for opponents. And, you know, you're you're giving a lot of good teams uh, extra opportunities. And with the fact that the Wild have on the penalty kill sometimes not been able to clear the puck as much as they that we would like, I think that is, you know, a a part of the problem is that, you know, some of those opportunities just are coming with extra attackers that you maybe wouldn't have in a normal game situation, if not for a penalty. Yeah. I don't know the exact numbers of how many penalties they've taken, but it certainly feels like they take too many every night. And, you know, they say your goalie's got to be your best penalty killer. And, you know, I think beginning of the year, we saw that be a major problem. I think it's gotten much better since then. Um, I think they've like within the last, I don't know, like two, three weeks, I think they have like a top five, penalty kill unit but um so i mean that that's improved which is great but yeah i think you know playing it you know we we, we talked about right, right at the hop how good they have been you know we haven't seen goalies steal games because they've all played every team and a lot of that's been at five on five so when they're not in the box they're playing usually with the puck in the offensive zone and when the puck's in the offensive zone the goalie your goalie doesn't have to make any saves so that, that's the ideal situation but we just haven't seen that come i, I just feel like they haven't had that complete game where they get great goaltending and where they really outplay a team yeah, it's it's crazy too because I think we've seen the talent level for a lot of it. You know, everybody got so used to playing the same teams last year, playing divisional mm-hmm. teams, and that was it. Um, I think by and large, the competition that the Wild have played so far this year has been better. I mean, there have been a couple of teams that they've played that you know are not particularly good, but that's I think another angle to this is that we're seeing some of those numbers a little higher for the goalies this year because the competition level has just been a lot higher that they've faced so far this year. Yeah, I think that definitely factors in. I mean, you have, you know, guys like Kaprizov who, you know, coming into the season had seen seven other teams plus Vancouver um, and no one else. And, you know, I think teams are keying on him some more. Um, You know, Kevin Fiala is shooting at a career low percentage right now. Um, You know, you face some good teams. I mean, Florida, uh, was one of our picks for a uh, uh, a unanimous cup cup favorite on some of the Foghorn. You know, Tampa Bay is a two time cup defending champion. Um, you know, they got New Jersey coming up, and they've been playing some better hockey as of late. Um, you know, we even saw you know them see Nashville for the first time in in a, in a you know year and a half, and they get stomped by Nashville. And 
yeah, I mean, I did, I just think a lot of, you know, there's some unfamiliarity there and you got to kind of learn. And, 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 you know, maybe that's why I feel like they've had a lot of slow starts, not just the goaltending, just the team as a whole, where they kind of come out in the first period and kind of look like they're trying to figure things out. They settle in and then we see, you know, the second's pretty even and they tend to outplay teams in the third. Um, but I think they need to be ready off the hop because I feel like that's where we're losing a lot of the games is kind of, you know, right in that first period and, and we're battling from behind. And we're, we've been good at battling from behind, but, you know, the couple times, you know, they've been in the lead. I think they've pulled out and won those games. So I'd like to see more of those types of wins. Agreed. Um, is there going to be, is there a point in the year where it's going to be like, okay, if, if we don't see, you know, Talbot and Capo have those like steal a game type performances or just even, you know, to where we four or five games in a row are like, wow, he's, he's really on it. Is there a point in the year where if we haven't hit that, that then those alarm bells start to to kind of go off. Yeah, I would say right around the turn of the new year. I mean, they've gotten away with it right now because they've gotten a lot of scoring. But if all of a sudden you know you have a little bit of a scoring drought or you get some big injuries that come in and you know maybe you lose a Kaprizov or you lose a Fiala or you know if someone gets traded or something you know and you're having trouble finding your scoring, that's when you need your goaltender to step up. And you know the one problem it's not is on the defensive end. I believe. Um, and expected goals against the Wild had the second lowest, so the second best expected goals against the NHL, which means they're giving up. You know, I think it's right around, uh, right around two goals a game expected, um, and they've obviously given up far more than that um, on average. Where we, you know, we've seen some shootouts this year with five, four, six, five. Like that's not. Uh, it, it would make Jacques Lemaire roll roll in his <laughs> grave if he if he were dead. Like he, he's probably just like watching, pulling his hair out. Like no, we need to play two one games, not six to five running gun, but yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting kind of stylistic change as we're so used to the, the grinded out style and now going more towards an offensive style. I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain, but at the end of the day, I would love nothing more than to see like a three to one or a four to two win. um, stack a few of those together so that we can say, Hey, I think, uh, I think both goalies have kind of started to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, I think that's certainly the ideal situation. And, um, you know, it's the schedule really the rest of the month doesn't get a whole lot easier. You get New Jersey, Winnipeg, who you shot out with last time, then you get Tampa Bay at home, and then maybe a get right game to end off the month against Arizona, who I think was, you know, one of the few teams where they haven't allowed more than a goal. But, I mean, it's hard to allow more than a goal to that team. But they they might have even had two that night. But, yeah. It uh, it bears watching, and so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Next thing that I wanted to uh, to discuss, Brett, is the uh, the Kevin Fiala situation. And you you gave me a perfect segue in saying not an ideal situation because it's just it's so bizarre. And so we will kind of narrow in on that when we come back more with Brett Marshall, the Sound the Foghorn podcast, coming up here on Locked On Wild. Thanksgiving is finally here, and that means one thing, tons of desserts. We're talking pies, cookies, cake, candy, chocolate, ice cream, you name it. It will be on your table. What if I told you there was a way to get all of that delicious taste and not all of the calories? Enter Built Bar. Built Bar is your best option to avoid some of the calorie buildup that happens around the holidays. For instance, one slice of pie can have upwards of 300 calories on the low end. Most Built Bars, though, contain only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein covered in 100% real chocolate. 
So head to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll receive 15% off of your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Continuing our chat with Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast on today's episode of Locked on Wild. Thank you once again for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Make sure, if you have not already, to check out the Sound the Foghorn podcast as well. You guys do at least one episode a week, correct? It's sometimes depending on what happens, if there's some big news, maybe a second, but for sure one a week, right? Yeah, most often we're trying to do one a week. Our target is to drop shows Thursday morning. Um, this week it's probably going to be Friday just because of the holiday. But sure. yeah, usually we try to drop every Thursday morning. Um, yeah, unless there's some big news that we feel like we need to do like a quick 15, 20-minute react. But yeah. Excellent. Um, Kevin Fiala, this this whole thing is, is getting to be just really weird. And we have the article from uh, Michael Russo in which there seems to be a little bit of uh, displeasure towards what Kevin Fiala is doing on the ice. Um, He has been at times pulled off of the power play entirely. And a couple of games, the last few games, he has had large stretches in which he just straight up isn't playing. And that led to um, one member of the, uh, the wild media asking Dean Evison straight up, like what's going on? And, he said, no, Kevin didn't get lost. I forget exactly how the question was phrased, but he said, no, Kevin didn't get lost. We were just playing different players um, at, at that point in the game. Is this fair to uh, to hone in on all of this for Kevin specifically? Because it seems like he's really the only one getting called out for, uh, for I, I don't even know what he's getting called out for. Yeah, I would say that's more my issue. The whole situation is, you know, they continue to roll out Jordan Greenway and, you know, he missed some games and he's injured, but it's, oh, you know, we're going to keep rolling him out. We're going to put him back with Eric Sinek and Felino, take Fiala off that line when that line was playing very well together, um, I may add too. Um, but it, it just seems like there's always this microscope, particularly from, it seems like Dean Evison, you know, oh, we we had him talk about the turnovers and this. It's like, well, what about the other 10 guys that had turnovers tonight? Did you, did you talk to them too? Did you call them out? Um, I mean, obviously he was, you know, probably on a pretty thin rope coming in this season when, the te- you know, when the team filed for arbitration, but yeah, I mean, f- from a coaching perspective, I get it. It's frustrating. I mean, he's, he's a guy you lean on. He's a guy that's supposed to be, you know, probably a 30 goal scoring 80 game season. He's shooting, I think coming into last game, it was around 3%. Now it's around 5%. He's got it. It's whatever. I think it's four or five. I think it's five goals on like 57 shots this year, which for him, you know, you'd, you'd bump that number, maybe be closer to eight or nine, probably more on that 10% range. But you know, it's not like it, that, you know, the, the scoring is down from a lack of trying. I mean, he continually is out there every night, you know, seemingly staring into the rafters because he hit one off the post or just missed or bobbled the puck. Like, yeah, it's, you know, he's, he, he's fighting the yips as some would say a little bit, but you know, um, one thing that, you know, you learn when you study analytics a little bit at, in, in any, in any fashion is that regression exists and players, teams, goalies, everyone that has hot or cold streaks more often than not, um, they'll, they'll do what's called regressing back to the mean, which means they'll find, kind of that average, that middle ground. I think Kevin Fiala is destined for that um, in terms of his shooting percentage. I think th- the goals are going to come for him. I mean, we saw him get one late. <laughs> I think uh, Gigi Marvin was saying at the time when he was on the ice in the third period, the goalie pulled, he had like 12 minutes of ice time in that game. And then uh, he, you know, including an assist in that time. And then he adds, you know, a, a goal that gets him within one before Eck eventually ties it. Like it's not a surprise that Kevin Fiala steps up in a big situation, delivers a goal. 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't get what Everson's vendetta against him is. Um, uh, he's not scoring, yeah, but it's not from lack of trying. And it, it'll really. Inter- I'm just curious to see how the situation with him plays out this year because now there's trade rumors swirling and everything else around him. And you know, I, I love Kevin Fiala, the player. I think wherever he goes, he he's gonna be that guy. Like, wow, we traded him. Whoops. Um, because I just think the numbers are going to come for him. It's just it's, he's just been snake bitten right now. Uh, is this something we're even talking about even remotely as much if him and Kaprizov both didn't start the season off not scoring? And I don't want to say, like you alluded to, I don't want to insinuate that Fiala is not playing well. He just simply was getting, you know, great saves against him by goalies, and some the puck just was not going in. Is it as big of an issue, if not for the fact, like, let's say Kaprizov starts the year off with a little bit better scoring? Are we talking about this even remotely as much? Probably still a little bit. Um, you know, I think there was a point where, you know, when Ryan Hartman and Marcus Foligno are, you know, ahead of guys like Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala in goals, that's probably not an ideal scenario when your goal is Kevin Fiala. Like I said, you know, this is a guy that's a, you know, usually paces for around 30 goals a year. And he's not scoring. I mean, that's that's red flag. And and, and again, I get the frustration there. But um, to answer your question, I th- if, if Kaprizov was scoring more, it's maybe not talked about quite at the gravity that it is now. But I think it would definitely still be a talking point, mostly because Minnesota sports media always needs to complain about something. <laughs> Too shy. Um, also, is this being accelerated a little bit due to the number of players that the Wild have in Iowa that seemingly are knocking on the door, i.e. Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi, Adam Beckman, a couple of other players that could hop up? Is that helping further this along a little bit too? It's tough to say. I, I definitely think that that situation, I think in my mind, um, more is you know on, on guys like a Jordan Greenway who, you know, there, your, your spot's not guaranteed here. I mean, he's more, I would look at him as maybe more of like a middle six forward, kind of that third line guy. I don't know that I see Greenway ever being much more than a third line guy. Um, he, he's a fine one at that. He's not a bad player, but he's just, we never really saw him take that next step. Um, but, I mean, you do look at, you know, Matt Boldy, three goals in two games this weekend on his return from, you know, a, what I'm guessing was probably some sort of ankle sprain um, or knee sprain, whatever it was um, that he was dealing with. They'll never tell us, of course, but. That's, you know, based on watching the injury, that's kind of what I would guess it was um, in the timeline as well. But, you know, when a guy like that's coming down, scoring right away, and, you know, this is a guy that could have made the team out of camp had he not gotten hurt. Obviously, we've seen Adam Beckman's got this natural goal scorer's touch too. So, yeah, I think there's definitely pressure, and especially when you look at this team going forward. Um, and this is a team that's going to be cap-strapped. They need to be, you know, make room for these guys to play because, again, you know, there was a lot of outrage when Brandon Duhame made the team over a guy like Adam Beckman. Well, it's because Duhame's playing on the fourth line. You're not playing. You're not keeping Adam Beckman to play him on the fourth line. If he's going to play, he's going to play in your top six, top nine. The Wild, it's the same thing because the way they roll three lines usually pretty relatively equally, um, and even strength. Um, if he's not playing in one of those spots, I don't think it makes sense to have him up here. And clearly, the they, they, management agrees there, which I think is good because we're seeing Beckman get the reps down there and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I I definitely think it makes it easier to to maybe put some pressure on Fiala's like, hey, you know, we we could move you, we could call up. Boldy tomorrow or Beckman tomorrow, and we could fill your spot with one of those two guys if we felt the need to. Well, that as well. I hate using this. I feel like a broken record, but that's going to be something to monitor too because, you know, if there's one thing in the Minnesota sports landscape, it's that talkers like this usually don't die 
before they uh, they are resolved one way or the other. So unless you're Matt Dumba, then they always die. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I I could spend an entire show on Matt Dumba because as as you frequently point out on Twitter, uh, he gets a very bad rap and provides a lot of great stuff on the ice, of course, and off the ice as well to this team and um, team Dumba always, always 100%. here. So yep. I did want to finish today by talking about a player that, you know, continues to fly a little under the radar, but is a huge part of what is one of the more successful third or fourth lines in the entire NHL. Um, and that is going to require us to go into a um, a weather advisory. So we are going to go into a Sturm warning as we finish our chat with Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast next here on Locked on Wild. It's Thanksgiving week, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline.ag has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the sports action over the holidays. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. And it's not just football. BetOnline.ag has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wilds. Thank you for tuning in and making Locked on Wilds your first listen every day. Seth Topol joined by Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast. Nico Sturm. The Sturm warning in full effect here to finish off the show. Brad, I know he is uh, one of your favorite players on this team. Does all just a lot of really good things uh, for this wild squad. So I want to give you an opportunity just for those that don't pay attention as much as they should. Uh, what has led to Nico Sturm becoming such a valuable piece for this team and a huge part of that fourth line success that this team has so often? Yeah, I I think it's just what he brings. You know, he's I think he's around like six three, right around two hundred maybe more. So he's a big player, but on top of that, he's really mobile. And a thing I've been preaching kind of since the year we went into the pandemic was that the way the hockey is played is changing. I think we used to see you know, especially in the Western Conference, you get to the playoffs and it was this which team was bigger and heavier and could throw more hits. And then we saw teams like Tampa Bay and Colorado start to really change that mold. And they came with these teams that played quick. They were off the rush. They, they they dominated with speed. And I think that's a lot of what Nico Sturm brings. Is Yes, he has that size, but he's fast. He plays a north-south game. He's not moving a lot east to west. He's playing heavy. Uh, up the middle, and uh, all three zones. I mean, the guy's winning face-offs, too. I, haven't, I don't know what the number is right now, but there's one point this season he was at like 75. Something absurd, like 75% of his draws, which we know was a problem for this team last year. Um, and then to have speed, I mean, you can match up against top lines, which a lot of fourth lines can't do when you're playing aging veterans because they can't keep up with the with the Nathan McKinnon. But I think Nico Sturm can, and you know, he may not have you know the most elite playmaking ability or a or a game breaking shot, but he's a guy that's going to chip in on offense every now and again too. He can kill penalties. I really do think you could put him with skilled players, maybe on the power play, and see some more out of him. Much you know, 
and in, in very much in the same way as we always thought would happen with Erickson Eck, and we've kind of seen that come to fruition the last two years. Obviously, he's at the point now, you know, age 26, 27, where players maybe start to hit their peak, um, but I, I still think put in the right situation. I mean, this could be a guy that maybe push for 30 to 40 points if he was given given the right situation. I keep campaigning, and I don't know if it would work, but I keep campaigning for him to get even a, a shift or a game with Kirill because I think that speed plays well with him. I don't know if it would work. Who knows? Mad scientist here, but... Um, do you think, and you kind of alluded to it, but I'll just go ahead and ask the question. Do you think he would be able to handle a bigger role on this team if he were elevated, depending on what happens next year and beyond? I think he could. I don't think the coaches do. Um, it seems like for whatever reason, they, they haven't pigeonholed in the bottom six. I mean, where, where he is effective, but I mean, look for the longest time, that's where Ryan Hartman was too. And all of a sudden, you know, you elevate Ryan Hartman, who's a guy that just kind of plays a similar game you know he's kind of a fast north south guy he's got an okay shot not a sniper by any means um the only difference is one as a college for agent one had a, had a first round draft pedigree i think otherwise i think the two are pretty similar similar players we've seen hartman thrive in that role he might have a little bit more of a passing touch but i think sturm's got maybe a little more of a finishing touch i i think he could uh, a player i've always kind of compared him to is carter verhage who the wild just saw play for the florida panthers he was same situation in tampa bay he was you know, kind of this mid-20s kid who was stuck on Tampa Bay's fourth line that didn't have a spot for moving forward. Florida saw something they liked in him, took him on, stuck him with uh, Alexander Barkov in their first line, and he was, I think, a near-point-per-game player last year. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that's what Nico Sturm could be, but, I mean, if you look at um, Evolving Hockey's Rampum for the, I believe, Verhege's season with Florida was, like, when he was 24, and Sturm's um, Rampum chart from his first season with the Wild, they're eerily similar at even strength with how they drive play, the things they create. So I've always said it, put Nico Sturm with a star and just see what happens. But the wild never even seemed to entertain that. I think he'd be a guy, you know, why not try to land with him, Hartman and Fiala. You put Sturm in the middle, you get Fiala on the right and or Fiala on the left and Hartman on the right. You got three guys that can move, that can shoot, you know, all three guys a threat, you know, Fiala, uh, Sturm's going to win those faceoffs, give you possession. There's a line I would roll out for offensive zone starts whenever I could too. Um, but it just doesn't seem like there's something something they're willing to do for whatever reason. And I think for that reason, it, it might be, I wouldn't be surprised if he tests for agency to, to go somewhere who, you know, especially being a center, I think the demand's going to be there. And I think there's going to be a team that says, hey, we'll pay you two, three million bucks to, to be our third line center versus the wild. And say, yeah, we'll give you two to be our fourth line center. That would be, that'd be crushing if he were to leave. And so we'll hope that he won't, but. Yeah, you made a lot of compelling arguments as to why he probably will at least give it a look. Um, but we won't think about that for now. Uh, I did want to finish, Brett, by giving you an opportunity to talk a little bit about Sound the Foghorn. Um, again, you know, you guys do some great work uh, with the uh, the podcast and uh, a deeper dive into stats. You guys are up on prospects as well. It's a great listen for uh, for Wild fans who uh, are looking for more content throughout the week. So just give us the uh, give us the pitch on the Sound the Foghorn podcast. Yeah, so uh, our big focus when we started was to find niches and to talk about things that maybe you aren't getting from your Michael Russo's and from, you know, Joe and Tony over at, you know, 10K Rinks and just try to bring you a different perspective on on the wild. And that's kind of come in the form of, of three things. And I think it's three different generations of fans. Um, we have Justin, who's kind of been around since the North Stars. Me, who started as a day one wild fan. I was four years old when they were, when they, came to be in the NHL and then Zeke who kind of joined, I think he, he said he kind of became a fan kind of starting in 2014 during that playoff run. So we, you get three different experiences of, 
of fans and Justin has, you know, keeps tabs on the prospects or in the prospects page. Um, Zeke just has a really fresh take on things and, and, and sees things from, from a different lens than I do. And I like to look at things from a stats perspective and, you know, maybe trying to pull out maybe what, you know, wild fans always can't see just by watching the games and maybe explaining why, you know, why isn't Kevin Fiala scoring? Is, is he doing the right things? Is he getting to those scoring areas? Things along that nature. And then something we just started up this year too. We, um, we brought on Sam Uren, who is the assistant general manager for the Minnesota Whitecaps that comes on at the beginning of the show each week and gives about a five minute update and preview on to what's been going on with the Whitecaps. And that's been something we've had a lot of fun with and, and making sure we're giving some love to the, to the girls in town too, not just the boys. Most definitely, Brett. Thank you for the time. A blast. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Locked on Wild. So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure to head over to the uh, Sound the Foghorn podcast, catch up on last week's episode, and gear up for this week with uh, Brett and the guys over there. Make sure you're following Locked on Wild wherever you listen to podcasts, our social media channels as well. Very active on game day and on off days. So make sure to stick with us, keeping you as up-to-date on the Minnesota Wild as is possible. You can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.